Welcome to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. I'm Kristen Henke, your hostess with the mostest, guide from the side, and mistress of ceremonies. Together, we're about to explore and deconstruct the shame and stigma surrounding our sexuality. You heard that right. We're going deep on the topics of sex, relationships, spirituality, health, and everything else that impacts our ability to live, love, and orgasm freely. My hope is to shine a light on our shared experiences by normalizing taboo topics and empowering each of you to reclaim autonomy of your pleasure, your bodies, and your lives. You are now entering a judgment-free zone where I ask all the uncomfortable and embarrassing questions for you. Our unofficial mantra is be curious, not judgmental. So leave your inner prude at the door or strap her in tight because this is happening. Welcome back to Nothing Confidential, the podcast with the marvelous, the handsome, Mike Hanker. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I wanted you to feel like I was special. I wanted you to feel like I was excited about you coming on. And I don't ever want you to feel like I just have you on the podcast when I need filler content. Well, I mean, we all know that's why you have me on the podcast, but it's okay. Totally untrue. Actually, I have a very specific reason for having you on the podcast today. Do you want to know what it is? Sure. Tell me. (laughs) So when we, when Mike and I did our episode not too long ago, we got raw and real about pregnancy sex and about how our relationship, our physical relationship had kind of changed uh, during the third trimester of pregnancy. And when I floated it out there that I was going to have you back on the show, I asked what everyone wanted us to talk about, and the overwhelming response was, what is sex like now that the baby is here? <laughs> they all just want to laugh at us because they were like, we were like, oh, sex is going to be the same. We don't care about the baby. The baby's not going to change anything. Now they all want to come back, and they want to know if that's true or not. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's wishful. It's wishful yeah. thinking, you so know? They're all going to have like LOLs. Sure. I Yeah. Those messages on the I podcast. think maybe we were a little overly confident going in, for sure. Um <laughs> But you know, it's a combination of things, so which we'll dive into. We will, and 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 here's the thing: like you guys know, based on our last, I mean, we were really honest in our last episode, and if you haven't listened to it, I'll link it in the show notes so you guys can get kind of a a background on us. But it makes me sad. Where was this podcast at when we were just like, I know, know hot and heavy, traveling the world, and you know, I know. Ago, I wish people ago. were being more honest. Uh, <laughs> which which is why we're here. Which is why we're here with you guys, because we have a very solid foundation when it comes to our, our relationship, I would say emotionally and physically. Uh, it started, I mean, I can't even say that it started physically because it didn't. We were just friends. We haven't really, we're not going to dive into all of that, no, but no. we are not. But we began platonically when we were introduced to each other. So it didn't even start out physically, but by the time it turned physical, it was on like Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. 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 And it has been wonderful for we're going on seven years together yeah seven years yeah Yeah. uh four married almost four married yeah and so now we've thrown a baby into the mix we have and so it's been fun it has it has been fun so we just we just navigated you know trying to keep the spark alive and the intimacy and everything um through pregnancy and then obviously baby shows up and there is a period that you're supposed to wait before having sex again six weeks Six weeks is what's recommended. Yeah. And we didn't go that long. 
No, but we, we did a decent job actually. Yeah. We did a decent job. We made it to five weeks. Mm-hmm. And what's really funny is that like I, sex is literally my thing. And I was being so like by the book. Like I am a very by the book recovery person because I really believe in doing it right the first time so that you don't create damage so that you did so that it doesn't set you back. Christian is by the book 100% when it comes to recovery. Yes. It is hilarious. <laughs> like I'm not about anything else. Yeah. Like I'm supposed to take one pill every four hours. It's mm-hmm. been three hours and 59 minutes and 28 seconds. Hold on, I gotta go find my pill so I can take it again. Exactly. Uh, post-surgery, I'm your girl. I'm gonna do exactly what you tell me to because I want optimal recovery results. I want everything to be awesome. And especially when we are talking about my hoo-ha, mm-hmm. my vajayjay, the, the jewel box, like I want it to be in pristine condition. It was wonderful when I started and I want to come out the other side with the same quality. So I was very careful. I was being very, very careful. And then some lovely lady commented on an Instagram post of mine and said that she and her husband had sex after two weeks. And my mind was blown. Two weeks. Two weeks. Number one, I was like, I mean, more, more power to you and no, no judgment. Um, but I will say to the masses listening, because there are, there are masses of you. (laughs) I don't recommend that. I'm not, I'm not, um, condoning that. That was fine for she and her husband. And she did say that it was her third baby and they had done this before. Mm, So they knew what was going on with them. Everybody's body healing rates are different. So I'm covering all of that before I jump into this. So for us, uh, so then I took a poll. Okay. So she says that and I'm like, Whoa, two weeks. That sounds crazy because after, I mean, to be fair, I did all natural unmedicated childbirth and, I felt like my guts were going to fall out my vagina for the first two weeks. Like the, the pressure and like the weird sensations after going through something like that. I had like a 24 hour labor period. Like it was pretty crazy. I looked at that lady after the first one, how long they waited. Yeah. 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 Um, but so anyway, I, I, at two weeks, I definitely didn't feel ready. No. Did not feel ready. And so that, that would not have been possible. So I did take a poll amongst my friends to see like who was really good and who waited and who didn't. And overwhelmingly the response was that most people did not wait to six weeks. No, They didn't. So what we did and what was right for us is that number one, I am extremely well acquainted with my body and with my pelvic floor. I knew what I was working with before. And even after birth, I had um, a really wonderful birthing experience. Yes, it was long, but actually I suffered minimal damage. She came very smoothly. I didn't experience any tearing, so I didn't have to deal with any kind of pelvic floor trauma or anything like that. So because of that, that was very straightforward. Also, when once it was done, um, I mean, every week I could kind of feel out where I was. And for the first month, for sure, you know, there was sensation, there was discomfort, there was pressure, you know, there was a lot of different feelings I was going through. And whenever I would think about it, I'm like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't sound good to like stick something in there right now. Uh, and then around week five weeks, week four, week four for you. No, week four was for you. You were like, oh, and I was like, oh, we got to yeah. do this. <laughs> yeah. Week four, I couldn't, I was by week four, I was super mm-hmm. horny. Yeah. My vagina wasn't quite ready, but I was really horny. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like yeah. we're going to figure this out because I, I just can't do it. Also, they scheduled my six-week appointment basically seven weeks out. 
And I was like, you can't, I'm not waiting until my six week appointment when it's longer than six weeks. Like that's ridiculous. So, you know, there was a lot, I, I thought on it. I spoke to a lot of different people and around five weeks, I decided to go on, I decided to form a, an exploratory committee of one. That was my, me, myself. And I basically had a good masturbation session with one of my, with a glass dildo and some very clean, organic, zero chemical, zero shit uh, lube, lots and lots of it, just to see like how things felt, took it for a test drive. And it was great. Everything was fine. I was like, okay, this is wonderful. And so once I was able to do that, I felt confident to invite Mike into the equation. Invite me back. Yes. So we're going we're gonna to break this down into, into two parts. So the first part is we're going to go, we're going to go his and hers. I'm going to ask you first, and we're going to start with just the very first time, the very first time after having the baby, what was it like for you? What was different for you? What were you expecting? And then what did you get? A lot of questions. <laughs> I know I'll, I'll bring you back around if you need help. Okay. Okay. So first time, what was it like for you? What was it like? Mm -hmm. It was magical. It was magical. Are you being honest? We're being really honest with We're them. We're being honest. No, it was yeah. nice because I hadn't been with him sexually close yeah. and intimate in a long time. So that was nice. Yeah. That thing was wrecked though. I mean, man, James did some damage. Woo, buddy. <laughs> He's making you were such, being a, such a turd. Don't me. be a turd. <laughs> Come on now. No, it was it was good. It was good. I I think what I expected, you know, I, I don't know what I expected really, but I guess yeah, I just expected it to be a lot different. Just because, you know, an eight, like, pound, an eight pound baby just like how? You know, like you expected it to be like loose and flappy? Loose, yeah. You, you know, expected it like to be a, like throwing you know, a hot dog, dog down, down a hallway. hallway. <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of the old saying, right? Like, oh yeah, don't go by her. It's like throwing a hot dog down the hallway, right? Oh my just, God. And I mean, totally wrong thinking. Just no research done on my end, right? <laughs> so guys, you know, if yeah. if you're listening and you've not done research either and you're about to have sex with your pregnant wife after they gave birth to your first baby. It was not like a hot dog on the hallway for me. No. So that was nice. So it was a pleasant surprise. It was, a pleasant surprise. It was not yes. as bad as you thought it was yes. going to be. Yes. And it keeps getting better and better every time. Yeah. So how did, as the weeks go by, how did, uh, how did everything else feel? I mean, like, cause we're, and you can be honest, we all are going through, like our bodies are different. Like the, the way that we feel like our, our skin and the suppleness and the amount of muscle and like all of that is a little bit different. The comp the composition did yeah. was that noticeable um a little bit a little but bit. not like crazy yeah yeah it wasn't just everything's you know, softer. A little softer in my opinion was, everything's yeah. just a little squishier, just a little squishier. <laughs> yeah that's okay first baby i mean you that's that was expected that yeah. was right on where i thought it would be yeah just so like five that, weeks in yeah that was not you know a surprise for me because yeah. You were, you were ready for that. I mean, I was here through the whole adventure. So it's I, true. You, know, you what, saw what was happening. What, what, he saw the 50 pounds going on. So what, what went on doesn't immediately <laughs> drop off when the baby comes out, right? Very so. true. Very true. Yeah. Now, would you, I don't know, like you knew, you knew that that was going to happen. And we did, we did share in the last episode we did together talking about, you know, during pregnancy, how it was mm -hmm. hard for you as far as like feeling attracted towards mm -hmm. me because I was so pregnant and, you know, just obviously everything's going on with the body is crazy. Yeah. How did you feel, like, even though I was very recently postpartum, did you, did you still have any of that? Was, did you still struggle a uh, little bit? From the sexual side? With, yeah, with, like, attractiveness. A little bit, but not that much. Not from the attractiveness. It, it's just, I think from the attractiveness standpoint, this, from, 
at this point now it's well two things one we're all quarantined so COVID-19 <laughs> episode here so like no one's putting real clothes on but um, <laughs> um which is trying very hard which is I mean which is across the whole world yeah. of nation right now so that's no big deal but um so there was like that right we're dealing with a new baby yeah you are not sleeping right so you know the like hey, I'm gonna do my hair and I'm like know, haggard nice. and wearing yeah, sweatpants you're never haggard that is not not where we were but you know what I mean like you know the you know that not that I'm a huge high heels fan but I'm just gonna use it as an example high heels and you know pencil skirt date yeah. nights obviously was not happening yeah. every day so it's really funny that he even said that because he actually hates high heels I don't really like high heels yeah so really <laughs> I used to wear them when I met him and he hates yeah, them not a big thing not a big fan but yes. but yes the intentionality the like yes. getting cute yes. for the purpose of yes. you know getting on I get that yeah all of that um Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, from me Mm -hmm. being sexually attracted to you, I'd say that was a a little bit, Yeah, but as much as she's schlubby, that was as much as I had expected. I I had a feeling that was going to happen. And then I think from the other standpoint, it was, I was more concerned about. Were you concerned about hurting me? Yes. At the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. It was hurting you. Is is this going to be, you know, painful at Mm -hmm. first? Yeah. But, but it wasn't. So it was good. Yeah. Well, and so I I do want to speak to that too. So from my side, I told Mike before the night that we did it, I was like, listen, I, the goal of this session is not orgasm. Like I'm, we're not trying to jump back into the bed after a baby and five weeks. Well, yeah, but I'm like, not for (laughs) me anyway. I mean, I'm not trying to get an orgasm. So don't like jump in with all of your old moves that used to bring me to orgasm. Come in and hot and heavy. Yeah. I'm like, you're going to need to go real slow. We're going to use a lot, a lot, a lot of lube. There needs to be a lot of Yeah, we will. There's going to be. Do you want to talk about what happened with the lube? Oh, that was like, that was not the first time. It wasn't? No, that was like a couple of times later. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell that story in a second. Um, but yeah, I was like, we're just, we're going to go really slow. I said, my goal is to, you know, be close to you, like kind of get it over with just because I had a lot of like feelings and so, thoughts and anxiety. That's what she says all the time, guys. No, I had a lot of anxiety. <laughs> I shared that in my solo episode. Like I was really in my head about my postpartum body and I had a lot of anxiety about like getting naked and having sex again. And I wanted, I just wanted to like connect with you, kind of get past that point and how nervous I felt about it. And then I, I wanted to have a pain-free experience because I kept the most common thing I hear as a woman are like, yeah, it, it hurt the first time it was uncomfortable and it continued to be uncomfortable for like six mm. months. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of women who it's really uncomfortable for them. And again, based on what kind of experience you had during birth and like what all went down, down there is, you know, has a lot to do with that. But like I said, since mine was relatively straightforward, healed really beautifully. I was very fortunate in that way. Didn't experience any um, pelvic or vaginal trauma of any kind. So I, I felt really ready. And so we did, we just, when the night that I decided let's go at five weeks, I was just like, okay, you know, we're gonna, we, there was a lot of foreplay, which was wonderful. Just making sure that I was fully aroused, which does take a little bit longer mm-hmm. right now, obviously, cause hormones and everything that are going on helps with that. Um, and then we liberal, liberal, liberal use of lubrication. And I actually didn't experience any pain, but I was anticipating pain. So even like on his way in, like once we got to penetration on his way in, I stopped him probably three times, wasn't it around there that I was like, Hey, Um, Hey, pause and put on more lube. Yeah. Yeah. 
because you know and you were like oh this is feeling good and you're like making your way in and i'm Mm -hmm. like hey hey, like let's do some more just just to be sure just to be sure five weeks let's go i know um but lots of lube you know got in there and it was like yeah this is nice this is, this is not bad. It's nice. Yeah. Because I mean, I honestly, I didn't know what to expect either. I was like, I, like Mike said, I had an almost nine pound baby. She was eight pounds and nine ounces come out of me. And, you know, I, I don't know how it's going to feel at that point. Like, is it going to feel a little roomy? Is it going to feel, you know, how's, how's it going to be? And it was nice. It was really lovely. It doesn't help that your husband has a really. Oh, stop it. Oh my God. It's like holding up his pinky finger. It's like a tiny, teeny penis, which is not true. He does not have a micro penis at all. It's like a college joke that has lived on way too long. (laughs) (laughs) It runs in his family, actually, though, because I I used to get so tired of hearing him say it. And then I think literally the first time I met his dad, who was like an an enormous human being, he's so tall. um, He made a joke about having a tiny dick too. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know when that started. It started a long time ago with college friends. I don't know. Anyways, I'm I'm quite happy. So and I have an average size vagina, so you guys just do with that information what you will. Um anyways. So yes, it was really lovely. It was pleasant it was pleasant. It was not it was not painful. I was really grateful. I think the next it was maybe two times after that. It was like that first three times where I was just really careful, really cautious. Um I'm still definitely slow, like mm-hmm. just kind of getting started. Yeah. Um, but the confidence kind of came back after the, you know, as far as like, it's not going to hurt. Like I kind of got that back, which can be really hard. Like if you guys have ex- did experience pain on the first time, then that sends a message to your brain that sex hurts. And then you kind of like brace yourself the next time, which contributes to the discomfort and on it goes. So if I were going to dole out unsolicited advice to my sister friends out there who are going through this, take your time and really, really listen to your body and don't push through pain and don't keep doing it if it hurts because you're just reinforcing in your brain that sex hurts. And that is going to be really hard to untangle later. Ooh, I hear our baby crying. Let's, oh, she's fighting her swaddle. Oh my gosh. Hold on. Hold on. Dad's going to go. That's going to go take care of her. I know. (laughs) For context, you guys, it is at the time of this recording, it is a Sunday afternoon and we were literally waiting to put James down for her nap so that we could jump on and record this. And, uh, she just popped awake. We're like watching her on the little monitor. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I just, I want you guys, you know, out there, all of my ladies who are giving birth, I just want you to know that where, whatever your postpartum journey looks like is completely normal. There's such a large range of normal when it comes to what we experience coming back from this, because it does, it has a lot to do with the size of your baby. It has a lot to do with how long you were in labor, what type of labor you had, um, what kind of support you had after how much you were able to like sit and lie down and rest while recovering versus those who had to be more active, be out of necessity or returning to jobs. I mean, there are a lot, a lot of factors that go into your postpartum healing and feeling ready again to have sexual intercourse. And I have harped on this a lot on this show, but at this stage, I also just want to remind you that intercourse is not the only definition of sex. So you can get intimate with your partner to stay connected 
well before you're ready for intercourse. We actually, we really didn't, we really didn't do that. We didn't, um, we didn't do like a bunch of hand jobs. We didn't get, we didn't get that frisky. I think we were truly the quintessential new parents. We were tired and pretty low energy and it was like mentally. Definitely. Yeah. Mentally we're like, we totally want to, but just didn't have the, Oh, I did. I gave some solid BJs. Um, but you know, again, we weren't like super hands-on until we were like all clear, but that's not because we feel like intercourse is the only option because it's not. So just know that you guys can explore and give pleasure and work on your intimacy. Um, even if you're not feeling ready right after having a baby. So I just wanted to throw that out there too, but moving on to how sex has been. So that was kind of like re-intro. Yeah. Reintroduction. So his and hers again, how would you say like overall, what is your sex drive like right now? Has sex been better or worse or just different? Like, how are you feeling about our sex life at this moment? And we are almost 11 weeks postpartum now. Our baby is almost three months old. I want you to start. You want me to start? (laughs) He's like, I want to know how I should go. Um, Okay. Well, by the way, my kinky taking over the podcast. Yeah. He's turning it around. I mean, I think for me, it's, it's definitely been two parts. I think that this is not from conversations I've had with my girlfriends, close friends who have had babies. I have actually felt if I'm being incredibly honest, I have felt a little like the weird one because my sex drive did not take a dramatic hit after I gave birth the way that a lot of women's do, the way that has been shared with me. Like I would say overwhelmingly, all of my friends told me that they did not want to have sex. Like the desire wasn't there, the drive wasn't there. And so, you know, I've actually felt kind of like lonely, I guess, (laughs) you know, about the fact that I like still really wanted it. Like my sex drive was really high. Um, but you know, obviously it's easier, especially when you're as tired as you are, like when you get in the bed, like sometimes, even though I wanted it all day and I thought about it and I'd be like really horny around like 2 PM and then come, you know, 9 45 when we're in the bed, if I don't, if I can't pick up on any desire from you whatsoever, it's just easier to go to sleep than it is to like try to get you on board. If I don't feel like you are even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you're thinking about it, obviously that's a little bit easier to, you know, cause I always want to have it. But if I am like feeling you out energetically and I can tell it is not even on your mind, like sometimes it's just not the energy. I just don't have the energy to like convince you to get into the mood. Imagine. Yeah. Um, so that's one part. And then I think also (laughs) real time. Also, I think that that's what we do here. It's uncomfortable gulp. Um, my confidence to initiate is not as high because of my like adjustment to the postpartum body. And I like tell myself a story that because you're not initiating sex with me as much, it's because you're not attracted to me. And therefore I don't feel confident about initiating the sex because I don't want you to reject me because it's going to hurt my feelings even more because I already feel insecure about my body. Mm. So that's kind of where, but that, I mean, that, that's like what goes on in my head during this time that we're in right now that we're navigating. But when we do have sex, the sex is good. 
you know, the sex is, has been really good when we have it. And that's the other thing. Like it's obviously the frequency is way down. We're having sex once a week consistently yeah. at the moment. It's like a Saturday afternoon it's thing. Like, <laughs> Saturday afternoon special. It's, <laughs> it's like uh, very it's, predictable. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. I mean, I don't want to say it's bad because no, like if you're listening and you have sex once a week and that's what you well, do. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's I want to get context. Right. Yes. That it's like not, once a week quality else. over quantity, yeah. totally support whatever works yeah. for your relationship. But for our relationship, sex once a week is not is not optimal. It's not us. It's not. Yeah. And I definitely feel the strain of that and I also think it's really challenging because I feel like you're so a you're tired, which I struggle with because I am I'm also tired. Yes, we can go into mine. We will. We'll go into yours. Um, but I'm saying, like on my side, the things I'm perceiving, I'm like yes. the dialogue that I have going. I'm speaking for myself. I'm telling myself that you're tired and you're stressed because we're in a global crisis and you're an essential worker, so you still have to go to work. And we have a new baby, and you're financially responsible for us. And your job is, you know, not a secure feeling because of everything that's going on. And as you shared in our last episode, stress really gets to you. Um, our baby's awake again. I can go see her. Do you trust yourself on the mic by yourself for a couple minutes? If you're going to transition to me. Yeah, I'm going to transition to you. Okay. So basically go. that's, she's going <laughs> to explode. So that's where I was. Mike, sure. Where you were. <laughs> All right. So where Mike was is kind of, oh man, she's already out of it. Um, is where Kristen just left off. So um, the frequency has gone down and I'm not a huge fan of that for us. Um, just from where we were in previous parts of our lives. But um, you know, we had a huge life transition moving to Chicago, then, you know, post baby now, you know, I don't think anyone on their first baby predicts how tired they're going to be. Um, you know, everybody tells you how tired you're going to be, but in reality, I don't think you really understand until it happens. So, um, just the pure exhaustion, the first probably eight weeks, um, was, you know, just unbearable. And then again, she led into the fact that, you know, I have a whole nother set of stress um, due to being quote unquote an essential worker. So, you know, I'm still going into my job every day and, you know, the global pandemic in which we're living in at the moment is ever changing the environment of the workplace. So things are happening um, everywhere in every company, um, you know, daily. So added stress along job security and financials and, you know, being a one income house, um, all that stuff's playing into my head. Um, kind of like how Kristen's body, you know, I'm like, body image. Is that the right way yeah, to say it? Yeah. You know, cause kind of playing into her head. So she yeah. has her own stresses and then obviously dealing with the screaming baby all day. That is one level of exhaustion that she's dealing with. And I'm dealing with 12 to what, sometimes 13 hour days, um, you know, trying to rebuild my team, yeah. you know, cause that's all come crashing down with new changes of not being able to fill my team, but the workload's not going down. Um, coming home, then trying to love on our baby. And honestly, at that point, you've eaten dinner and it's 9.30 and I take the dog out and all I want to do is just pass out because I know yeah. I'm going to wake up three times throughout the night because baby James is going to want food once. She's probably going to break out of her swaddle the second time. Yeah. And so I'm sleeping like what, six hours at best, which is better than Kristen. Yeah. She's sleeping 
what <laughs> less four five maybe yeah well yeah and then I think it's very easy uh, and I'm sure that any couple who has a baby is probably like laughing and shaking their head and like they totally get this but I think it's easy to get kind of like resentful too when you're not connecting in that way and you don't feel desired and you don't yeah. feel like that romantic side as much and I'm kind of like hey I get that you're too tired and stressed to have sex with me but like I am chronically tired and I get up more than you. And like, I have to be with her all day long. And I like, I get that you're going to work. It's, it's that combination between like, I want to be understanding of where you are and like all the things you have going on and have to do. But then in my brain, I'm like, I also have like a rap sheet of stuff that I have to do that sucks energy from me yet. I still really want to have sex with you. So why don't you want to have sex mm -hmm. with me? And that's where I think I get, I can let myself like spiral a little bit and I get yeah. mad, you know, I get, I get upset, not yeah. mad. I just get frustrated where I'm like, yeah. how come like I'm she... willing to fight through my shit to have you and you're not yeah. willing to fight through it to get yeah. to me. There's just two different, totally two different things, right? I mean, I'm not saying one's more than the other. It's right. just two totally different stressful yeah. mindsets that have to be dealt with. So, but we've also, I mean, we've also shared openly that, you know, out of the two of us, like I'm the one with the higher sex drive and, it, and yeah, I think we were sure. just surprised. I mean, I, I know I was, I was surprised that that remained true after I had a baby. Like I was, I was expecting out of everything I have heard, I was expecting to, to experience a, a yeah. dip, yeah. A, a crash in my sex yeah, drive. And did. when it didn't happen, I yeah. was like, shit, what the fuck? <laughs> Just, which is good. I mean, whatever. I didn't want to see you have a dip. I want you to be who you are. Yeah. But um, I think it's just a whole nother level of exhaustion to work through. We're going to find our path. I mean, the once yeah. a week is not going to be what it's like forever, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think we're already finding our way, right? Yeah. And we're doing different things. And it, but every time we figure it out, it seems to switch. But yeah, I, know. I think, but I think, right, that it's getting better. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, as I'm getting adjusted, I mean, think about it. The first five weeks we didn't do anything. So we're only six weeks in to quote unquote able to have sex. Right. Our baby's adjusting and switching and she's finally starting to sleep more through the night. Yeah. I'm starting to get more energy. Um, so. Well, and everyone, I mean, everyone told us and I just context is important. Perspective is important. And I have to kind of zoom out and remember that everyone literally told me they're like, yeah, anything and everything that happens in the first six months, like you just need to survive the first six months. You just got to survive. Yeah. Like I mean, just that's, survive That's it. all I'm in. I'm in survival mode right now. Yeah. So I hate to say it, but I mean, cause obviously I, I love, I love sex, Yeah. but at the end of the day, dealing with a baby, trying to go to work every day, you know, all the other stresses when I come home and it's all said and done. I'm like, I'm literally just trying to survive yeah. to make it to the next day. I know. And then I feel, <laughs> and, and as much as I love it, but you know, like we don't, we're not, we're not quickies, quote unquote, yeah. most of the time. So like for us to have sex, it's a, yeah, it's, it's not an event, but it's a minimum. It requires work and especially. 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah. And especially now, so, because yeah. after giving birth to a baby, yeah. like I require more stimulation. I require more foreplay yeah. to make sure everything's and, like ready to go. And so with that, it's like I come home, yeah. you know, unless she's sleeping, mm -hmm. which most of the time she's not. We're yeah. trying to get her on her schedule. I know she's not going to sleep. <laughs> So we're going to have to wrap it up. Yeah, we are. So um, we have to either have sex right when I get home, but then sometimes the baby's up, so we can't do that. Yeah. Or we can't go to bed earlier because then she gets up earlier in the middle of the night, um, which then, you know, Kristen has to um, deal with that, which is not fun. And I totally understand because then she's waking up twice versus just once. So, you know, it's like, then we don't have sex till when we go to bed, which is like 10 30. So that means I'm really not going to bed till 11 30 and I'm turning around waking up at 4 50. So it's like, yeah. 
yeah. but it's not, these are excuses, right? So yeah. we're making excuses, of, of the, but this is the life. This is right. what we're talking it about. Now that the baby's here, this little bundle of joy is now in her arms who <laughs> needs to take a stinking nap. James has joined us. James is in the house. Um, <laughs> this is the life. This is the reality of it. And yeah. so, you know, I think Chris and I both felt like, yeah, it's not going to change anything. We'll, we're going to, yeah. you know, we're both well, stubborn and strong-headed. Yeah, I think I really wanted to... I wanted to feel like we were definitely going to prioritize it. Like it's important yes. to us. We're really going to prioritize it. Like it's not going to be easy, but like, we're just going to. I think we talk about it. We're trying to prioritize it. We it's try just, to. Again, when, yeah. when, right. Yeah. It's the when, when you have a baby, it's not. I know. It's, it's been interesting. It's been an interesting. And I think we, we, we're pretty good about doing it when it's like, oh, at the moment's here. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we can do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Right. We're not though, tired. Though to. I mean, though sometimes it's, you just have to like start and then you don't regret that you started, but yeah. like some days for sure, it's kind of like, well, she's asleep now. So like, let's go. And it yeah. doesn't, it does not feel romantic. It doesn't yeah. feel like yeah. you necessarily even want to have sex with me. It's just like, well, it's been a week and she's asleep. So let's do it. Like, yeah. let's, you know, and that doesn't always feel good at the beginning, but then of course, once you're done, it's always, it's like a workout, you know, you don't always want to go to the gym, but you're yeah. never sad yeah. that you did it. Um, and it has, it has been a little bit like that. And I think I've also just struggled because when I try to, you know, be real and like talk about it with my girlfriends and stuff, they're like, you know, I kind of relate with Mike the most on this. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. I, so what about me? Like, what, what do I do? Like, cause then I feel kind of like an asshole for like sitting over here and I'm like, yeah, I get that literally everything in the world has changed, but I still really want to bang all the time. (laughs) What am I going to do with that? Um, but that's just who I am as a person. And I think I'm just having to number one, like not allow myself, like I, I'm not going to shame myself for my desire, even though like our environment is not optimal to supporting it right now. Yes. Um, because one day, you know, we will get back and th- that desire has kept our sex life really abundant for the whole time we've been together. And I believe that it will continue doing so once, you know, we kind of get back. Yeah. Um, I would say the only other thing that I do want to note for helpful purposes is that I experienced, um, I definitely require more clitoral stimulation now to orgasm. So before I had the baby, uh, I was definitely able, I had essentially trained myself. Like I am able to, um, orgasm with just vaginal, uh, stimulation, but after having her, I definitely need the combo, which 70% of women need. So um, just, it's also been a process of me communicating to Mike, like what works for mm-hmm. me now versus what used to work for me and choosing, you know, positions and things that are going to support optimal pleasure right now, because, you know, things are a little bit different. Things feel a tiny bit different. And just some of the stuff that worked before, it doesn't necessarily feel great or it doesn't work right now, at least not by itself. Like it might feel good, but if the goal is orgasm, which yeah. it's not always, like I just, sometimes I'm like, I just need that to, to connect to you intimately. Just connect you intimately. Yeah, yeah, I just need that. And I don't even Otherwise, care if I orgasm. Otherwise, you hair out. Exactly. <laughs> we get a lot more, uh, so what I'm looking for. Testy. Testy. Like salty. Everybody salty gets a little salty after yes. a week of no sex. It's like three days for us. Yeah. It is. <laughs> I was being generous. <laughs> it's three days. Come on, let's be real. Yeah. We start to get salty towards yes. each other. We've um, learned it. Yeah, we know it. And we yeah. talk about it. It's kind of like, yo, we need to have yeah. sex. Mm-hmm. And then it's, you know, it's on our mind mm-hmm. so that we can navigate it. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you would share? Like just to help people manage expectations? Like maybe they're they're pregnant and they're scared about this piece, because we definitely were. And just like any any comfort or helpful things that we want to like wrap up with? 
I mean, I don't think so. I, I don't know if you heard what I was saying when you were getting baby James the first time. I think I've hit it. It's, you know, it's navigating a whole new land. So yeah. I think don't beat yourself up. Yeah. But also understand, you know, and I'm working through it daily that yeah. it's not, um, it's just not normal anymore. Life, life as you knew it is, is going to be, it's not there. It's different. Yeah. And so it's okay, but you know, just navigate it and do what works best for, for you. Yeah. Right. I know what we're doing right now isn't working best for us, but it's getting us by Yeah. until we can figure out the next solution. She's smiling <laughs> at her dad. She's like, yes, yeah. find better selections, uh, solutions, solutions. selections, <laughs> find better selections. You guys, that would help. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and just, you know, any, anything that you have in your head, your preconceived notions, mm-hmm. just throw them out the window. Cause it's, yeah. Or, or verbalize and, I, and you're not going to because people told us that and yeah. we didn't. So we're we like, didn't. no, we'll make it happen and you just... So maybe just verbalize them. Yeah. Like you're going to have them actually. Yeah. Nobody can keep you from having them. That's our yeah. conditioning. That's our like stories. That's our fears. That's our insecurities. Everyone has them. It's just when they pop up, maybe share them mm-hmm. because rarely are they... Rarely is it actually that. Yeah. Maybe write them on a board so you can see them too. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Just be like... I'm and, because... and then actively not yeah. let those come to fruition yeah right because if I had to you know like sum up mine I would be like all of my stories and things come from the fear that I have changed um I have changed physically and you are no longer gonna desire me which is not true right so yeah do you have anything like that well, I mean, I'm always trying to jump your bones, so I guess maybe no, I don't, you don't feel that way. But. Well, I thought maybe at first, but yeah. then you're again, your sex drive came back very quickly. So yeah, that so you don't have anything around I was a little concerned. I was like, well, maybe she's not going to want to anymore. But then there's the baby, the connection with the baby, and maybe she's not going to want to, and she's going to want to be with the baby all the time. Mm-hmm. And then maybe she's going to love the baby more than me. Well, I'm going to say about the well, you love the baby more than me. That's okay. That's not true. Um, I just thought that maybe you were going to be like just totally engrossed in her, and yeah. And not want you anymore. Yeah, and I would be second, just all around. Yeah, but it didn't happen. It's like this. So yeah, and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, we'll have to keep you guys posted as we go because right now she's still very small, and I think that the concept of being touched out that I've heard about a lot, where you know people are like, "Oh, my kid is like on me all day. She's touching me. She needs me. She's like on my boobs. Like I am touched out. I don't want partner touch anymore." I haven't experienced that yet, but then she's also not like a yeah. toddler. Um, she's not yeah. grabby. She's not any of those things yet. We'll have to keep coming back because I'll be curious to see if yeah. her sex drive sustains through, you know, toddlership, chasing around while she's crawling and the running and the don't do this, don't do that. And don't go pull on that. And just that, yeah. you know, now she's a bundle of joy right. Right, to deal with and you have to focus on her all the time, but <laughs> she's just going to get more and more as time goes on. Right. Yeah. I wonder how much more yeah. um, tired and yeah. stressed and, I wonder. Yeah, it's, yeah. it'll be and how, and how that dynamic is going to change. Because for me, I mean, the touch is very different. Shift. I'm like, yes, she requires a lot yeah. of me and she's on me all the time, but it is not the same. Like to me, I think, and I think this is too, this is very individual specific. So I want you guys to hear that. And I don't want you to be making any kind of judgments about yourself, like just because you're not experiencing this the way that I'm experiencing it. But I feel like my love language, like my number one love language is, is physical touch and quality time. They're like together. And so physical touch is very like nourishing for me. So even though I'm like giving to the baby and she's on me, it's not the kind of touch that's nourishing. Whereas Mike's is. So even though I'm with her all day and she is on my body and she is needing things from me, 
I'm not getting the same out of it. And so I'm not burned. Like I'm not burned out when Mike comes home because his touch is very different. And it does, um, again, it, to use the word nourishing is the best thing that I can say. It's very nourishing for me and supportive for me to have his touch. So I think that's, that's part of it. It's my love language. Oh my gosh. They're being as cute as can be You're like Eskimo kissing. Ugh. But she's so cute. You guys like <laughs> all the time. Like we definitely have days where I'm like bummed out, but she is literally like giving her dad like Eskimo nose kisses and smiling. Like she's so cute and it makes it totally worth it because it's not going to be like this forever. She talks to Papa. And we just have to remind ourselves. You want to share anything with the class before we go? Any parting words or thoughts? Hmm. What do you got? What do you got, James? <laughs> Nothing? Just my uh, okay. okay. All okay. right. We're a little shy. Okay, that's good. All right. All right. Shy Anything else from you, Papa Bear? Nope. I'm good. Okay. I think it's been a fun episode. Okay. As well, always, thanks for having me on. I know I'm always your uh, your backup, your filler. Oh, stop. We needed to we needed to do this. I was I was getting questions about it and I promised that I would. Um, and it was funny because when I told Mike that we needed to come on and talk about this, he said, Oh, that's a bummer. I was like, yes. yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like, it's not as fun. Yeah. It's just, it's Sorry to report like, that yeah. it's not all magic all no. the time right now. No. It's reality. And that's what it this is. podcast is all about, right? It's it real. is. So hopefully this gives you just a little permission to like take the pressure off yourselves and wherever you are, high drive, low drive, no drive, like just know that you're normal and we see you and we support you and love you and reach out to, to either one of us anytime we're here for you and we'll keep you posted as we go. Cause I do expect it to get better. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks, babe. You're welcome. Appreciate you. Mm -hmm. So before I let you guys go, I did want to share a little about something that has really helped me uh, during this time that we just described for you in so much detail. <laughs> um, Flourish RX is a beautiful, organic, full spectrum CBD yoni oil. You heard that right. It is for your lady parts. It is self-care for your sensual side. Um, this product is extremely beautiful, extremely nourishing, and smells divine. It is made with clary sage and a bunch of other really feminine, female body supportive ingredients, and was designed and created by my dear friend, Candice Wietek, who is coming on the podcast very soon, and I can't wait to share her powerful story and how this product came about. But the short version of it is that she developed this after going through uh, a brutal battle with cancer and having to have a hysterectomy. And essentially she was forced into menopause in her thirties and was feeling just kind of lost in her body, like didn't feel like herself, was dry, was just experiencing all types of emotions and challenges uh, directly related to her femininity and around her sexuality. And so she came up with this gorgeous blend that it's literally like, yes, it's a yoni oil, but this oil is so luxe and so multifaceted. It kind of just takes care of everything. So I started using it about five weeks postpartum, like yes, right before I jumped back into the bed with my husband after having a baby, 
I started using it. And actually the first thing I noticed was that I stopped getting ingrown hairs after shaving because a, if you, at the time of this recording, we're in the middle of quarantine. So I am not keeping up with my wax appointments right now. And your girl likes to be bare down there. So I have had to go back to old school methods of hair removal. And we all know that ingrown hairs are the bitchy part of having to shave your twat. Let's be honest. So this oil, I was applying it liberally to my vulva as well as my clitoris just massaging it in. And I realized within a couple of days that it was healing and basically it just made my razor bumps disappear. So that was a fun surprise. Wasn't really expecting that part. But then the part that it is so well known for is that with the CBD and the other stimulating ingredients inside of it, it is extremely powerful in establishing blood flow in just relaxing like that CBD is so soothing and just kind of chills you out but then gets all the juices flowing and it's just a really incredible product you guys and this is hashtag not an ad I am receiving zero dollars for getting on here and gushing about this product it's just something that even the ritual of it, like it comes with in beautiful packaging. It smells amazing. It feels delicious. It just, it just made me feel like I was doing something proactive to kind of invite my flirty feminine self like back into my body. So how I'm using it right now is about 30 minutes before our Saturday sex date, I will you know, hop out of the shower or whatever. And I will massage it. Like I was saying, massage it onto my vulva around my clitoris and let it sit for like 30 minutes. And it gets a little tingly. It gets kind of warm. And by the time it is go time, I feel amazing. And it definitely helps with arousal, which, you know, as we shared in the episode, that kind of took a, took a dip after having a baby, obviously, like I've got a lot of hormone stuff going on. And while my brain is like, yes, let's do it. My body isn't always on the same page. So getting aroused can take longer and I require a lot more foreplay. And this step really, really helps with that arousal piece. So, uh, literally out of the kindness of her heart and our love for each other, Candace has created a special discount code for you guys. If you are needing a little something extra, if you are needing a way to show a little more love to your lady bits, if you are struggling with postpartum, if you are just wanting to do something kind for yourself, if you need to chill out, uh, there's just so many, there's so many reasons why you could use this. Um, it, it serves many beautiful purposes. So this, the code for this is NC 20. That's right. She is going to give you 20% off for listening to this podcast. So that little incentive right there, I think that's awesome. I'm really excited for you guys to try it. Again, it's just the story behind it, the ingredients, everything from start to finish on this product is so clean, so high vibe, and so filled with love. And I really hope that it provides nourishment and pleasure to you guys too. So I will not ramble anymore. Just go to the show notes, 
check out the link, shop the product, use the code NC20 for 20% off the Flourish RX Goddess Yoni Oil. And let me know what you think. Send me a message if you're using it. Tell me what that has been like. And yeah, we'll, we'll chat about it. All right, you guys, I will see you next time. So much love. Hey, thank you so much for hanging in there and listening with an open and curious heart. I hope this conversation has inspired, educated, and entertained you, or at the very least, shaken things up in a productive way. Ann Voskamp says that shame dies when stories are told in safe places. So please share, rate, and review. Sending you love and dark chocolate. Talk soon.